0: that we're in this week and, and we'll close out Lord willing tomorrow night so do pray about that but had a lady get right with the Lord last night and we do thank God for that but uh, I was just praying and the Lord brought this passage back said I want you to preach this tonight and so I want you to pray with us and for us these next few moments I don't think that's an accident I know all the word of God will help every one of us I need it, you need it but I think the Lord's trying to do something special tonight uh, in our heart James chapter number 4 if you're able to stand with us tonight James chapter number 4 And we'll uh, look at a familiar text, but I pray that you'll not let the familiarity of the text take away from what God may be wanting to do in our hearts tonight. James chapter 4, and we'll look in verse number 5. James chapter 4 and verse number 5. The Bible says, Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, The Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace? Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Father, I pray tonight that you will take the word of God and speak to us and through us tonight. I pray that the Holy Spirit would have his will and his way in all of our hearts. Help us to yield ourselves closer to thee and may you get glory and honor and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to look at this text here tonight, and I've preached from James chapter four many times, and as well as probably every preacher here tonight, but when I think about James, the, the Bible, and I think about this text, I'm amazed at how you can go back to the same passage of scripture over and over and over again, and yet the Lord will show you something different or something fresh, should I say, every time that uh, you go back to it. I'm not preaching anything new tonight, but I certainly do want to give you something that I think will help your Christian life, as as it certainly has helped mine in just uh, the last twenty-four hours. When you come to this text here, I want you to see three things that James deals with in these verses that we have read tonight. The first thing that I see here is the condemnation of our spirit. He said, "Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain that the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy?" Now, you know, tonight when you and I get born again, we have the natural man. We have that lustful spirit that's within us, that natural man. And then, thank God, we have the spirit of God. Amen? We have that new spirit, the Holy Spirit living on the inside. And the Bible says here James is talking to uh, these Christians or should I say these saints in this text here and he's talking about the condemnation of our spirit. We know the scripture's not in vain uh, that the spirit that's within us lusts to envy. Now he just got through dealing with this crowd in the early verses of this chapter here. He tells in verse number one that they're full of strife. The Bible said that, uh, that the there's fightings and wars amongst them. He talks about in verse number two that their prayer life is not, that they do not pray and in verse number three that when they do pray that their prayers are not answered and one of the reasons for that is because the Bible said in verse number four that they have left the Lord, amen, and they become adulterers and adulteresses and they have separated from God and love the things of this world, amen. Now, I'm headed somewhere tonight with all this and James said that all of these problems, the struggles, and, and the lack of spirituality and the struggling in your life, the the lack of prayer and and praying but not seeing anything done and living worldly lives is all a result of the spirit, the lustful spirit that lives inside of every one of us. You see, my friend, when God saves us, He does change. He does save our soul and and thank God He saves our our spirit. But I want to say our body has not been eradicated. Amen, uh, brother. We've got a new spirit living on the inside, but we still live in this old fleshly tabernacle. Amen? And that means that it is easier for us to love the things of, of the world than it is the things of God because it just comes natural. Amen? And so he talks about the condemnation of our spirit. But then he gives us in the next verse the confirmation of his strength. As he said in verse number six, but he giveth more grace. Amen? Well, I'm glad for that little phrase tonight because even though I have this lustful spirit This old fleshly man uh, that lives here This natural man that envies the the things of this world The Bible says that we have a confirmation tonight That God has given us the grace That we might be able to serve him Amen I'm glad that we don't have to be a slave to to this world Or a slave to ourselves. Amen We can rise above that by the grace of God And we can live a life uh, that is pleasing unto him Amen Well I'm thankful for that tonight We hear a lot of preaching about grace and we should. We're in the grace dispensation. But Titus 2, 11 said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And we know that it's by grace that we're saved through faith and that not of ourselves; It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But the same grace that saves us is the same grace, he said in verse number 12, would teach us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and teach us how to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Isn't that right tonight? So grace will save you, but then grace will school you. Amen? It will teach you how to live a Christian life in this world. And that's what he's saying in this text here, that he gives more grace. You don't have to live in the flesh. Thank God you can walk in the spirit, amen? And when we come to verse number seven tonight, what we find here is not only a condemnation of our spirit and the confirmation of his strength, but here we see in verse number seven down to verse number 10, we see the consecration of the saint, amen? For what he gives us here is he tells us, even though you live in this flesh, you don't have to live worldly you don't have to live ungodly you don't have to live a sinful life you don't have to live a carnal life somebody say amen he said I'll give you the grace uh, to rise above that and he said what I'll do he said I'll give you instructions here on how that you can live uh, a godly life amen now I don't know about you tonight I'm I'm not saying that I'm a godly person but I want to live a godly life amen I don't want to live a wicked life. Somebody say amen to that. I don't want to live a wandering life As a Christian, I don't want to just wander through life and just be saved and just miss hell and and, and just go to heaven. I I don't want to just live a wandering life. And I'll be honest with you, I don't want to live a wasteful life, do you? I don't want to get to the end of the journey and the Lord say, Well, you know what? You lived your life for yourself and you lived your life for satisfaction in this world. Yes, you're saved and you're going to heaven, but you wasted a lot of time. You wasted a lot of years that you could have served me and you could have lived. A godly life. And I want to tell you tonight, young people, a life living for Jesus Christ is a godly life. Amen? It's not living a life of success. It's not living a life of popularity. But it's living your life in pleasing the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. See, tonight, it's not a matter. And I think when you live godly, you'll please godly people. But you know, tonight, it's more than eye service of men. It's how you're living your life tonight for God. If every decision and everything that we did was based on what does the Lord think about it, we wouldn't have near the problems we have today. I know it took a long time getting around to this thought, but I want to lay this foundation for a few moments because I want to give you the pathway. This is what I'm preaching on tonight, the pathway to living a godly life. The pathway to living a godly life. You know, a lot of people's not interested in living a godly life anymore. Amen? According to them amens, there may not be too many here tonight. Got two amens on that. wonder how many of y'all want to live a godly life. Say amen. I mean, even if you're a hypocrite, go ahead. It won't be the first time. Amen. I'm talking about, hey, we're living in a time when people want to blend in, fill in. They want to justify everything everybody's doing. They want to say you can be a Christian and you can live godly and you can be pleasing to God and still live like the world, look like the world, talk like the world, act like the world. I'm here to tell you that's not in this book. Amen? You may twist scripture out of context to make it say what you want it to say, but there's too many scriptures that are plain that's in black and white. God didn't save us so that we could blend in. He saved us so we could be the light of the world. Amen? saved he saved us so we could be a city set on a hill. He saved us so we could be the salt of the earth. Amen. He saved us, my friend, so that we could be different. Some having compassion, making a difference. And I want to say, if you're going to make a difference, you're going to have to be different. Amen. And It's not going to be popular. In fact, the Bible says, Yea, and all that will live godly, Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, tonight, if you are an individual that says, Well, I want everybody to like me. So I want to live my life to, to, so that everybody will like me. I want to tell you, it can't be done. Especially not today. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But even if you could do that, if you lived your life and pleased everybody around you, but you didn't please God, He's the one we answer to in the end. If you're here tonight you say, Preacher, more than anything in this world, I want to live a godly life. I want to tell you the pathway to that tonight. Let me give you these thoughts and we'll be done. I want to see the pathway to living a godly life, number one. In verse number seven, it is seen in submission. Amen? He said, Submit yourself therefore to God. Now, if you want to live a godly life, it begins, and I know you have to be saved. You can't live a godly life if you're not saved. And and James is talking to saved people, but I want to say, after you have been born again, saved, if you're to live a godly life, it begins in your Christian life with submission, amen? That's how you get saved. You have to submit yourself to God. You have to surrender to his will and his way if you're gonna be saved. And may I say tonight, if you're here and you say, well, preacher, this is as far as I'm gonna go with God. I'm saved. I'm not going to hell and that's good enough for me. Then you're never gonna live a godly life, friend, because you've got, you and I have the responsibility to constantly submit ourselves to whatever it is that God puts his finger on in our life now that could be a great big old thing or it could be a small thing but I will tell you tonight it's true in my own life that if I'm not willing to submit to the small things then I'll never submit to the large things see tonight if you're going to live a godly life you're going to have to learn who's in charge of the Christian life, it's not me, it's not you it's him we submit to his will when we pray, we don't pray our will be done we pray thy will be done we pray according to the will of God we we ought to seek the will of God we have to give up our will our wants, our desire God will give us the desires of our heart but if we delight ourselves in the Lord I want to tell you about them desires of our heart they will change and our desires will be His desires we will want what He wants in our life because He'll put it in our heart and that's what He'll do but I want to say if you're going to live a godly life it begins with submission tonight how far are you willing to go with the Lord tonight? Have you ever told God no to an area in your life? And maybe you're here tonight and you said, Lord, I love you and I want to serve you, but this is an area of my life you can't put your hand on. The Bible says, submit yourself therefore to God. One of the marks of a spirit-filled believer, the Bible said in Ephesians 5 and verse number 20 is submitting ourselves one to another in the fear of God. I don't think we have this problem tonight and I want to raise my hand and say, thank God we don't have this problem you realize how many churches tonight we've across this country that are torn all to pieces and, and they don't have the presence of God because they're full of people that won't submit to the Lord, they won't submit to the pastor, they won't even submit to each other. Amen. There ought to be a a spirit of submission in all of our life, amen? We ought to treat each other with respect and we ought to treat each other with humility. We ought to treat each other with brotherly kindness and love. That's that's all generated out of a spirit of submission, amen? God never blesses a rebel. He doesn't never use a rebel. Listen, someone may stand up and be bold and strong and say, nobody's gonna tell me what to do or tell me how to live my life, but those are the words of a rebel. Those are not the words of a godly saint. Live a godly life. You know, I thank God for our deacons in our church. Every one of them is older than I am. They have more experience than I have. Well, that's not true, is it? We got two of them here tonight. That I'm sorry. I apologize to both of y'all. But the rest of them. But you know what? There's a spirit of submission. And when we go to the table, it's not, it's not pastor's way. Now they feel that way about it, but I don't feel that way about it. We go to the table, we go to the table and we pray about what's going on in the church. We take it very seriously, very cautiously. We talk, we seek counsel one from another. At the end of the day they know where the responsibility falls and who will stand at the judgment seat and give an account but I even see it as in the multitudes of counselors there is safety. No one including the pastor or the deacons could go to the table with the spirit and attitude that well it's my way or the highway because we have to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit and I want to say that's one reason why God has blessed this church is because there's unity amongst us and and there's unity amongst the, the Sunday school teachers and I thank God for that And the membership, but all of that. Say, preacher, I want to live that godly life. It begins with submission. If you want to be the wife, godly wife God wants you to be, you have to submit. But if you never submit to God, you won't submit to your husband. I'd hate to be married to a wife that threw her hand on her hip and stiffened her jaw and stuck her finger in my face. Wouldn't y'all? I mean, can I get an amen out of y'all on a Wednesday night? And I don't think we have, I hope we don't have no women here like that tonight. But you know what, I, I, I'm sure you women hate to be married to a man that's barbaric. That's a hothead, short-fused. A spiritual person is a person that, my friend, their life is marked by submission. Secondly, not only submission, but notice it's seen in their stand. The Bible said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you're gonna live a godly life, you're gonna have to learn how to tell the devil. No, somebody say Amen. You're going to have to learn to say no to the things of this world that he dangles in front of you. And I want to tell you, the devil doesn't always just dangle sinful things in front of our life. Sometimes he puts things in our life that really within themselves, there probably isn't anything wrong with them. They're not anything sinful. But the most sinful thing about it is is the one that's offering it to us. Amen? If it's not God's will, if it's the de- what the devil wants for us, then I don't care what it is, friend. It's not God's will. Then if we do that, it's going to become sin. You're going to have to learn to say no to sin. Say no to Satan. Say no to the temptation of of self and the flesh. You say, preacher, I want to live a godly life. Make it a habit to resist sin in your life. Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart. You know what that means? He said, the Lord will not hear me. But to regard iniquity, that means to harbor it. You might be here tonight and not be out drinking, but it may be harboring in your heart. I know it's a Wednesday night crowd, but still. You might be here tonight and you may not be in pornography, but it may be harboring in your heart tonight. You see, there's not a sin that you commit with your body that you don't first commit with your mind and your heart tonight starts on the inside and bleeds its way out. Things start happening on the inside. The devil, he'll come to the secret places of your mind and begin to, 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 to tempt you. He'll put things in your eye and your ear gate because he wants to clutter your mind, to dirty up your heart so that he can put in different intentions in your life. And I want to say tonight, if you're going to live a godly life, you're going to have to say no to some things. You're going to have to say, those are not things we're going to do. Those are places we're not going to go. That's things I'm not going to look at. I'm going to say no, and I'm not just preaching to young people. And I'm telling you, listen, the day we're living in, you've got to preach this to us adults as well, amen? We've got to be careful. We're not above sin tonight. We've got to have accountability in our life, but accountability within itself is not enough. There's got to be spirituality, and there has to be enough spiritual strength to say no when the devil puts something in your pathway. You know, when it's God's will, he always gives peace, doesn't he? He always makes a way, and he always gives that assurance. I want to say tonight... Take a stand. We're living in a time when people don't want to stand anymore. I'm not saying everybody, but you know what I'm talking about. We're leaving in a time used to you could preach on taking a stand and people would shout and say Amen, but it's not that way in most churches anymore. People are are we're in this society where everybody's trying to be politically correct and everybody's trying to to be careful how they say certain things. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to be I don't want to be a smart aleck. I don't want to be somebody that is trying to be a macho person or anything like that. That is not what I mean by no means. But I just refuse to follow that vein of political correctness. And and to me, silence is consent. Can I get an amen right there? If I stop preaching on the things that I've always preached on just because the heat gets turned up a little bit, then I want to tell you something for you. That is, that, that's, as, that's as much as me going along with it, amen. I've been preaching on homosexuality ever since God called me to preach because it's in the Bible, Amen sodomy is in the word of God and every, probably every family in here has been touched by it and I, I sympathize with people and, and I know you can love the sinner and hate the sin but I want to tell you something in America what we need in this day and time is not politicians standing up and they won't even do that we need some men of God that will stand up on Sunday morning and cry aloud and spare not and preach against sin so this generation knows it's still sick, it's still sinful it's not an accepted lifestyle it's not an alternative lifestyle God said it's an abomination. I want to tell you, Freya, you cannot be saved and be a constant practicing homosexual, amen? Amen. Isn't that right? And a man told me not too long ago, he said, I I just kind of backed off of that. And We were having a conversation. And I said to him, I said, brother, he said, well, all the, the lawsuits and things, you know, the only thing I know about that is they'll just have to come. Preacher, what if they sue the church? They sue the church. What if they sue you? They sue me. What if you go to jail? I'd rather go to jail for telling the truth. Has to be free for never telling the truth. You know, I I don't want to do something like that. I'm not looking for a fight. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but we have to stand. Can I get an amen? We have to stand. If we don't stand, then we might as well turn the lights out and and sell the building and go on our merry way. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, uh, the only hope for America is that Christians will stand up for what is right and you can be firm and still have the right spirit and the right attitude. When you go to work uh, and they say things that are not right, uh, listen, you've got to take stand and do what's right. When it comes to holidays, don't go drink with that crowd. Somebody say amen. You say, well, I'll get a cup of wine I just won't swallow it. Well, if you're holding it, that's just as wicked. Somebody say amen. Ain't that right? They give you a bottle of whiskey or wine and say, hey, it's just a gift. Say thank you, but no thank you. Amen. Yeah. Don't take that. Amen. Don't let them think you took that home. Uh, if that, listen, take a stand. Amen. Now I know that that may not suit everybody's fancy, but you'd have to agree with me tonight. It is the truth, isn't it? You yeah. have to stand. You want to live a godly life? You want your children to live a godly life? Take a stand. Take a stand. Then not only I stand, but I see that the pathway to a godly life is in our steps. Notice what he said here in verse number 8. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Do yeah. You know tonight it's not hard to get close to God. People do not get close to God because they're special. They don't get close to God because God has a favorite child. You know why they get close to God? They take steps in the right direction. Tonight, if you don't read your Bible regular, then no wonder you're not close to the Lord. I'm not up here acting like that I, I read enough every day, but if you want to be close to God, you've got to read the Bible. Somebody say amen. If you want to be close to God, you've got to spend some time in prayer. Isn't that right? If you want to be close to God, you got to be faithful to church. I know it's Wednesday night, but you got to be faithful to church. Isn't that right? If you want to be close to God, you have to make the effort. Amen? No man is close to his wife without making an effort. He has to, for that relationship to to be stronger, he's got to make an effort. Amen? You know, tonight, you say, well, preacher, I've done all those things, but but I still don't feel close to God. Do you know when you see people in, in this Christian life that, seem always joyful and always full of the Lord, if you'll look at them long enough, you'll realize that didn't just happen overnight. If I was to say I was gonna to walk to the edge of this road tonight, I've gotta to start right here, don't I? I can't walk through that wall. <laughs> I gotta go up the aisle, I gotta go in the foyer, I gotta go down the steps, and I gotta start down through the parking lot, and I gotta start up the road, and I gotta go up that hill to get to that road. And you know something, if I'm standing right here tonight and I say, I'm going to walk to the road. Well, the first two or three steps doesn't look like I've made any progress, does it? I'm going to take a few more. It's quite a few steps, isn't it? So, well, you don't look like you're headed to the road to me. No, but I'm further than I was when I started. Ain't I? And a few more steps, guess what? I'm just about ready to leave all y'all here in just a minute. <laughs> step by step. Do you know if you want to be close to God step by step? There's no lightning bolt in in the service of God. There's no magic wand to the Christian life. You you know what you do? You you open a place in your Bible. I know it's a very simple preaching, but you open a place in your Bible. You you have a set time and you say, well, by the grace of God, I'm gonna start at this time every day and I'm gonna start right here. Maybe it's in Genesis. Maybe it's in Matthew. And I'm gonna start in chapter number one and I'm just gonna start reading. Maybe it's two chapters. Maybe it's four. Maybe it's 10. I don't know what what would be best for you, but but I'm gonna start reading this many chapters chapters a day and I'm going to read it and you know what? It may not look like the first day you made any progress. Maybe it doesn't make it look like it the second day. But step by step, step by step, guess what? You'll finish the New Testament before it's over with and then you'll finish the Old Testament. I'm going to tell you it is step by step when you read the Pentateuch. Somebody say amen right there. I was, I, I've been in Numbers and Deuteronomy here lately and I mean it's just wearing me out. Thank God for Scorby. Somebody say amen. All them names, I just turn him on and listen to go right down through it in my Bible. Yeah. It's not as painful when you do that. <laughs> and in my flesh sometimes says, you know, why don't you just skip all them names, but step by step. So preacher, what, what's all them names do for you? I don't know. All these years, I have no clue what they do for me. But I read them because God put them in there. If he put them in there, they have a meaning, don't they? and so step by step I, I'm talking about you want to live a godly life it's every day it's just step by step it's spending time in prayer you say but I, I don't feel like my prayers get above the ceiling just step by step keep on praying even when you don't feel like they, they get above the ceiling because some days you're going to go in there and get on your knees and pray and you know what God's going to reach down and touch you and you're going to feel a nudge and, or maybe you don't feel nothing for days but you know what Brother Barnes one day you're, you're going to be minding your own business and you know what what you've been praying for for a long time it's going to come to pass and God's gonna answer it and right then and there the Holy Spirit's gonna remind you and you're gonna be able to raise your hand and say, you know what? I've been praying about that a long time and the devil's been telling me and my flesh has been telling me nothing is gonna happen but it did happen and it increases your faith but it is step by step by step. Draw an eye to God. You know, God said, if you'll take a step toward me, he said, you won't be by yourself. God said, I see you coming. He said, I'm coming your way. Amen. Amen. I really believe this, Brother Blake. I think on days that, that you get up and you open the Bible, God sees that. How many of y'all believe he sees that? He sees everything. He sees you sitting there reading that Bible. And you know what he does? He makes a step in your direction. He comes, you said, preacher, I don't feel close to God. When's the last time you read your Bible? Say this, not only is it seen in our steps, but it's seen in our separation. Notice what he said, cleanse your hands, you sinners. You know, James is talking to save people tonight and he tells them to cleanse their hands. I'll tell you tonight, it doesn't matter how long you've been serving God, we live in a dirty world, don't we? And in this world, day in and day out, we need a cleansing, don't we? We have to get on our knees and cleanse our hands. Lord, forgive me. But tonight you might be involved in some things that you don't need to be involved in. You might be doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. You already know it's wrong. The Holy Spirit's dealt with you about it. And I don't have to tell you what those things are tonight because if you're saved, he'll tell you what those things are. And what I'm saying tonight, you can do those and still go to heaven, but you never do those and live a godly life. You'll never do those things and have victory in your life. You'll be up and down, in and out, on and off, hot and cold one day on fire for God. Next day, don't know if you're gonna serve God, but I'm talking about separation. Is what God blesses, separation, amen? It's not a popular subject, but do you know one of the first doctrines in all the word of God in the book of Genesis is the doctrine of separation for God on the first day? He separated the light from the darkness, didn't he? God's always made a distinction between light and darkness, amen? The Bible said we're children of light. We're to walk as the children of light. We're to, we're to walk in the light of God's word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You wanna be blessed tonight? Live a separated life. Get rid of things in your life that are worldly, things in your life that are carnal, things in your life that pull you down spiritually. Listen, God, will you say, preacher? what are those things? Well, I don't have the time and wouldn't wanna have the responsibility to try to tell you what they are. I've got my own issues tonight but I would say to you this that if you'll get on your knees and say dear God I want to live a godly life and if there's anything in my life that don't need to be there if you'll put your finger on it I'll get rid of it I promise you he will do that tonight he sure will won't he I remember one time well I won't use that illustration let me say this tonight the pathway to a godly life is seen in separation do you live a separated life Carnal Christians, or carnal saved people, should I say, they'll struggle most of their Christian life. Not only our separation, but our sanctification. Notice with me in verse number eight tonight, I hope I haven't killed it, but if I have, well, let's just kill it real good, amen. If I've killed it, we might as well put three bullets in its head, amen. I'm talking about sanctification. He didn't just say cleanse your hands. That's our deeds. That's the things the outwardness of this body. The things we do on the out. But he said purify your hearts. You know, if you don't get it cleaned up in here. Even if you do clean it up out here, brother Andrew, all you'll be is a pharisee. He said what's a pharisee? A lot of things we could say about a pharisee, but a pharisee somebody felt good about themselves spiritually. You can clean the outside up and you ought to clean the outside up. But he didn't just say cleanse your hands. He said purify your heart. When your heart's pure, you're doing what you're doing because you want to. Because you love him. The motive is right. Is that right? You're doing it not because you have to. You're doing it because you want to. Well, it's a whole lot easier when you do things because you want to. Is that right? I mean, there's some things tonight that... That, hey, when I first got saved, I struggled with them things, and I'm sure everybody could testify to that tonight. I struggled with them things because they were addictions and things of the flesh that my flesh, you know, they, it, 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 that, it, that it was used to doing, and then God spoke to me, dealt with me about it, and, and I got rid of those things in my life, but not because I had to, I wanted to. You know, when you, when you love somebody, you do what you do because you want to. Isn't that right? Love takes the burden out of the service. Tonight, I think there's a lot of people, the things they do, they're burdened down. Because maybe it's just not in here. They feel like their chains binding them tonight. Hear me tonight, young people. Get it in your heart. Don't let it just be because you come to this church. Don't let it be just because your mom and dad are godly people and they've lived a godly life. Don't let it be just because it's what's expected and all that's commendable to a point, but you got to get it way down deep in your heart. Their convictions and the Bible convictions has to become your conviction. And I would say that to all of us tonight as well, not just the young people. Listen, it needs to be a Bible conviction it needs to be in your heart tonight do you want to live a godly life I would say not only in sanctification but in sobriety look what he said in verse number 9 be afflicted more and weep let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness you want to live a godly life the pathway of that is living a sobering life I don't think the Bible says we're to be miserable and not have joy we know the joy of the Lord is our strength can I get an amen right there what it does mean is we're supposed to take our Christian life seriously amen that's why I don't think you ought to bring food in the house of God somebody say amen right there you don't come to church with a a, a, with a, with a can of popcorn and a soda somebody say amen isn't that right we're not going to, listen, we're not going to We're not gonna serve when you come in. We're not giving you, a, I don't mind if you're in a fellowship hall drinking coffee, but we're not coming in here and sitting down, everybody, and serving you a cup of coffee or a burrito or any of those kind of things that people's doing nowadays. No. Hey, listen, we ought to be serious about our Christian life. How's anybody going to the altar with a cup of coffee in one hand and a burrito in the other? Somebody say amen. I'm going to tell you something, this casual dress down, let everything service be down, take away the pulpit, tear the platform, get rid of the choir, everybody just come as you are and leave as you were. Christianity is not going to work. I'm going to tell you something tonight, I'm not being mean, I hope you know that. I really want to help you. Sincerely, I want to help you tonight. I'll tell you, take your Christian life seriously. He asked the question in that chapter, what is your life? If we could put your life on pause tonight at whatever age you're at, I told this at youth camp, if we could put your life on pause tonight at whatever age you are and look back from the time you were born to where you're at now, what would your life consist of for Christ? How much of those years from there to here have you taken seriously in serving God? I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you. I'll tell you, we need a burden nowadays. We need to be disturbed about the condition of our churches. We need a burden for souls tonight. When's the last time you wept over somebody going to hell? We need a burden tonight for our church. We need to pray with a burden and, and have, a, have a burden for what's taking place around here and, and be involved. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Don't you give in. You stay on the front line. Listen, you listen. don't let up. If you have let up, I know I'm preaching the Wednesday night crowd, but if you have let up, you need to get up, friend. You need to get back where you was once at. Get on fire for God because there's more at stake than just this church. What I'm saying to you, if you sit down and you relax or you coast a little bit or you you let up, you may think it's just this church, but I'm telling you, it's more than this church, and I'll prove it to you. This church will go on with or without me or you, amen? This church will carry on, but who suffers is your life, your family, your children, all of them things suffer when you let up, amen? I'm gonna tell you, man, there's times, there's times I have not wanted to pack my bags and go anywhere. There's times, I, just the other day, I was, I was someplace and I thought, oh, I just want to go home. I got so homesick. Might have been that prophet's chamber. <laughs> but I want to go home. I tell you, Miss Cape, I, if I never saw another suitcase again in my life, it would not bother me one bit. But you can't Stop. You can't just cause you get tired and weary. You can't take a break on God. Amen. Boy, I wish I was preaching this Sunday morning. <laughs> Listen to me. You got to take this life serious. Y'all are young, but don't you, don't you sit here and say, well, you know what? When I get in my 20s, I'm really going to start. No, 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 no. What are you doing right now for God? What are you doing right now? How about it tonight? Let me close with this last thought here. Um, I want you to see this last thing the pathway to the God godly life is, is seen in our spirit humble yourself you ought to underline that because God says it twice humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up you want God to use your life be humble I'll tell you something about humility it don't come natural So why is it so important for me to be humble preacher because there's grace with humility I've messed up a lot of times in my life as a Christian failed the Lord we all would say that tonight God's always showed grace when I would get humble when you'd say Lord I, I failed I didn't do what I was supposed to do here I, I come up short God always shows grace when you get humble. But when you just go on, you try to sweep it under the rug and just carry on, you never live a godly life like that. I'm going to tell you something tonight. Don't get caught up in trying to be anything but humble. I'm not telling you tonight that I've got all that together, but I want to be. I don't want pride in my life. Pride will blind you to the point that you can't see it, but everybody around you can see it. They can see it boiling out of you. It takes the Holy Spirit to show pride in our life. You say preachers ever done that? Sure he has. The Bible said, if a man think of himself to be something, anything, for that matter, something, when he has nothing, he deceives himself. I'm going to tell you, you could put a $500 suit on, on a man tonight. But he's the same man. ain't that right? Give him a nice haircut. You, stuff his, you can stuff his pockets full of $100 bills, but guess what? Still the same old man. Give him a degree, give him a job, put him in an office somewhere, make a big wheel out of him. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Big wheel. Give him a nice car to drive. Still the same old person. Boy, tonight I just need to be reminded of that, don't you? I'm nothing. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Preacher, I want to live a godly life. How's your spirit tonight? How's your spirit? Boy, I appreciate the Holy Spirit checking my spirit. So many times through preaching that word of God, that prayer closet, well, sometimes he'll just, he'll hit you right between the eyes. He'll show you something really ugly about yourself. Something you don't want to see and you sure don't want to talk about. But you know what humbles us, doesn't it? It brings us into reality of who we really are. You want to live godly? you got to have the right spirit tonight. Let's stand. The pathway to a godly life is in just these basic little instructions tonight. Don't you want to look back through life and say the greatest thing that could ever be said about any of us is that we live for God. No accolades, no, no trophies, no hats on the back just to be said well he lived for God all of his life she lived for God she lived a godly life that's a great testimony they were faithful They, they lived for God that's the greatest thing that could ever be said about you is that you live for God while Brother Brian leads us in this song tonight you obey God if you need to come